Hello and welcome to my fifth ramble or the latest episode of my podcast, Random Rambles of Robert. We are coming up on the one year anniversary of my podcast and in this year I have done three episodes. This will be number four so that means that I average one episode for every three months. That's not great, um, especially considering that two of those came out within a week of each other. So, you know what, wasn't the most productive year in this respect. But, at the same time, we're out here and we're having fun. And that's what matters. Um, I felt inspired for this episode to take a look at the top 10 songs of the year um, in terms of commercial success and give my thoughts on them after a session of critical listening. Um, my criteria for this was that I looked at what songs were at the number one position on the Billboard Hot 100 throughout the year and how many weeks they were at the number one position, how long, you know, their overall longevity. And then for songs that were tied on how long that they stayed on that um, particular, you know, uh, position on how many weeks, you know, so let's say if we had two songs at five weeks, I simply just went and looked at which song had more listens on Spotify and went from there to settle out the rankings if you have any problems with this message such as this does not take into account actual taste in music this is purely of commercial success um the actual you know mastering of the music it should be also prefaced that i was listening on spotify's highest streaming standard with a dedicated headphone preamp and uh dac or digital analog converter and I am listening on a pair of Bear Dynamic DT770s, which overall have a pretty flat sound, except for they like to play with some stuff in the lower end. But besides that, I'm listening on a pretty good uh, setup that should let me hear what the music and the musician really wants me to hear. So, taking all that in mind, this is the system I have come up with. There are many gripes and, you know, potential issues that could come up with the system I'm using that I might put down in the description. Um, uh, but it's my podcast, so whatever. Um, so we'll just jump right on into it now that we've gotten some of the formalities out of the way. We will start off at number 10. Yes, we're going to go in reverse order. Um, which looking at my doc is a little bit annoying because I did put these, you know, descending order. But that's besides the point. Um, number 10, the 10th most commercially successful song of the year was in fact Unholy by Sam Smith. Now, this was an interesting song and actually one that I was rather a fan of throughout the year. Especially when it first came out. It's a fun, kind of, you know, interesting story about a you know pretty normal guy he's got the wife and the kids stable you know good job and stuff just normal kind of you know american life if you will in the middle class maybe upper middle class listening to some of the lyrical content but it's about his de especially devious affairs so um it was pretty i i actually like this song um, I will be honest, some of the verses are a little bit underdeveloped for my personal taste, um, because there's only two of them, and one of them is just Sam Smith saying, you know, you're a bad boy coming out doing bad things, and then the other verse is just Kim Petra saying, you know what, you're a good sugar daddy, and I like you for it. Um, 
But I'll be honest, the chorus of this song, with those two kind of, you know, coming in and banding together and everything, you know, it just, it goes so good. Um, This is a term that I have heard a lot of people my age use that I don't really like a whole lot, but as the kids say, it just goes so hard. And it really makes up the difference on the shortcomings in this song in a lot of ways. And I especially really enjoyed the use of stereo imaging and sub-bass in this song like you know kind of that bass that you don't even necessarily feel but you uh, you hear but you can feel it in you yeah that kind of bass really prevalent in this song and i actually really liked about how it will kind of play from side to side on the ear that you can listen to because that was something that i noticed in a lot of these songs is that they seem to just be almost mass listenable or mass marketed because they're all pretty mono in some ways and they're not doing a whole lot musically interestingly enough for you know being a musical song musical experience but nonetheless this was easily one of my personal favorite songs of the year but it was only the 10th most successful it was only at the chart topper for one week it probably would have gone longer but then the number two juggernaut came in so we'll get to that one later Alright, second off, here we have Beyonce or Baywance's Break My Soul. Honestly, um, I really was not a fan. It was just kind of whatever um, to me. It also wasn't really my cup of tea. Um, like, it was kind of a troublesome one for me to listen to as her. It's kind of seemed just being like nobody's going to break me down and stuff as she just kept repeating herself in some ways. And like... There was just way, way too much chorus for my taste as well. You know, like uh, the Sam Smith on Unholy, you know, it was kind of fun and that, you know, like gets going and stuff. And the chorus was the chorus. This has like a pre-chorus, a post-chorus, a lengthy chorus of itself. And it goes like three different times throughout the song. Um, I'm sure it's good to a lot of people and it's not a bad song. Um, but oh yeah by the way my ranking for unholy because i realized i forgot to say it was a solid 4.5 out of 10 pretty high um but for bay once's break my soul it was not as good we were looking at a 2.5 out of 5 so yeah now we are going into the eight position which is lizzo's about darn time i think that spotify doesn't like me saying no no words so we'll say about darn time um both this and break my soul were tied for two weeks in the number one position i'll be honest um lizzo lizo however uh her name is said a lot of her music really really yeah i don't like it um, this one though, it's a little bit different from some of her other kind of rap stuff I've heard, and it was actually really fun. Um, I really enjoyed kind of the raw thump and heavy beat in contrast with her smooth and kind of, you know, higher, uh, voice and like the kind of what I assume to be a disco inspiration of the track really like, you know, it makes it a fun song just to kind of move to. Uh, it was definitely an easy listener and, you know, it was just, just a fun beat, you know, um, it's kind of fun. Her just like hyping herself up and, you know, you can't have the help but kind of feel good about yourself listening to it. I gave it a 3.5 out of 5 my notes say a 3.5 out of 10 but clearly i didn't know what i was doing it's a 3.5 out of 5 now we are getting to 
Steve Lacey's Bad Habit at number seven, which was at the number one position for three weeks. Um, this was also a pretty fun song. Um, it had a really interesting synth wave in it, which I wasn't fully expecting, but was greatly appreciated. Um, I kind of typically like a little bit of flair like that, so it was a good thing. Kind of broke it up for me, and I enjoyed that. Um, it's really interesting. I personally interpreted the lyrics as someone who was overthinking too much about what something they didn't see in front of them, you know, like, I wish I knew you wanted me, but I bite my tongue, it's a bad habit, you know, kind of the main lyric of the song. It, it's pretty interesting, and uh, some of the other stuff he says, I like how the chorus stays the same, and the overall musical element of it, and the rhyme scheme and everything, but he kind of changes up the words a little bit as the story progresses, which I thought was pretty good. Um... And it almost seems like someone trying to look on the bright side of a frustrating series of events. As he says, you know, for reasons I don't fully understand and all. This is just how the way things had to work out. And it's kind of pretty, once again, it's just a fun song, you know. Uh, it's hard to, like, not really enjoy it. That's the thing about a lot of these songs that I noticed. They're not especially thought-provoking or that amazing. But at the same time, they're not bad either they're just they're just fun songs i liked them uh this one also got a solid 3.5 out of 5 for me now we get to number six which was jack harlow's first class which stood at the number one position for third three weeks now um this was one of three songs i had not listened to before trying to compile this list together those three songs were bay once's break my soul jack harlow's first class and another one coming up um but and those other two songs i actually had like heard them in some capacity this one i didn't even hear at all so that was kind of interesting but um i gotta be honest some of the lyrics were kind of humorous in a way that i don't think they were intended to be like, um, he makes a brag during the chorus about, you know, uh, having the, uh, the sexy time as Borat would say in the morning. And it's kind of the way that it's put together is almost like a brag track of, you know, Jack Harlow. Oh, I'm so successful now and stuff, you know, uh, but some of like those lyrics like that just make me laugh because they're just not very well executed for what I think he's going for. And it kind of had a calm, but not calm in a good way, like a lethargic way to the actual instrumentals and beat of the song and stuff overall. So like I didn't really get the sense that he was like, you know, look at me, look at what I can do and like hyping himself up or more that he's just like, you know, yeah. Uh, whatever. There is also a fun lyric in it saying, I'm on an Angus Cloud 9, which I believe is a reference to the HBO show Euphoria. Has that one of the characters in it is named like Angus Cloud or something. Uh, but, or yeah, Angus Cloud, I think is his name, and Cloud 9, you know? Um,. And so that was the first HBO show reference I've seen in a rap song. I mean, I'm sure it was like a million to other shows like Game of Thrones or something. Um, but yeah, this was a meh for me. Um, it was a two out of five. On a side note, I actually 
think that Jack Harlow, he seems like a pretty fun guy. Like, um, I could see myself playing a game of ping pong with him and stuff, you know, just having a great time in general. Um, so nothing against him. In fact, any people that I might rate low, nothing against them. It's just, I wasn't a fan of the song. I actually like some of Jack Harlow's other stuff. And I really saw this wild theory, um, that said that Jack Harlow is actually Drake's son, Adonis, sent from the future to save Drake. And I love that theory because it's stupid to begin with. And also, too, they look shockingly similar. So, you know what? Jack Harlow, um, Drake's son, he as just a guy that seems fun. He gets a four out of five, but a song, only a two, unfortunately. Now, we get to the number five position, which was Easy On Me by Adele, which held the number one position for three weeks now what's interesting about this is that actually the song as a whole held the number one position for eight weeks it's just that you know the other five of those weeks were in 2021 but this is 2022 which makes it interesting because now that i say it out loud that could be it not being the uh, commercially successful song of 2022 and that it didn't come out in 2022 um which is another problem with the way I made this list, but whatever. I really like the song and I wanted it on here. So, yeah, um, I really like the piano instrumentals in this song. It just, it's so kind of like almost sorrowful and mourning, kind of the loss of her relationship. I really, really like it. Like, it, it goes with me, and oh, her vocals are just as flawless as ever, and I just love how... No matter what she's singing or how high she's going, it just seems like she's just got like this infinite well to draw on of just power. And, you know, oh, I just love it. Love her vocals. It, it, really good stuff. And I really like the lyrics of, you know, just someone who is so emotionally exhausted from trying so hard for so long and just them being unable to continue I really, really like it because, you know, even some of the things that she says in it, they on paper seem spiteful and angry in some ways. But the way that she says it, it just sounds, you know, someone who is tired, someone who just can't anymore. And they're saying it less as a dig at someone, but just a fact that they have to personally accept. Um, great song. A couple of my favorite lyrics from it, you know, are... Um, I know there is hope in these waters, but I cannot bring myself to swim when I am drowning. Like, oh my gosh, what a beautiful uh, illustration for us in her own relationship, you know, that she knows that there's potential there and everything, but she's just drowning and trying to get it all to work that she can't swim, you know, just big fan, big fan overall. This is an easy banger from me with great lyrics, great instrumentals. This was a 4.5 out of 5 for me. Coming in at number 4, we have Encanto's soundtrack, We Don't Talk About Bruno, on the list for 5 weeks. And Oh, I should have prefaced this earlier, um, but that reminds me. Technically, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You would have been able to make the list by my metric, but um, that's just because Christmas, so I threw it out of there. Anyways, 
Um, so going on with Encanto, eh, I did not like the song. Um, like not even in just the sense of it being a song, but even a Disney song, it was incredibly meh and I just didn't watch the movie. So I really didn't care. It was fun hearing, um, Stephanie Beatrice from like, uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine playing her character as Rosa Parks as I knew her. Interesting, like listening to her talk. Um, and singing stuff in it, definitely a different change of pace from what I'm used to, uh, seeing her and hearing her in, but it just wasn't for me, and I didn't see the movie, so I just didn't care about the song, uh, 1.5 out of 5, uh, yeah, whatever, it was the one that seemed too harsh, so I decided to ease up on it just a little bit there, is all, so moving on, we have... Glass Animals Heat Wave, which came in at number three for being on top of the charts for five weeks. Once again, this is another song that really is a song of 2021, but in that we were just trying to really look at commercial success here, it still made the cut in a big way. Um, I'm actually a big fan of this song. I really like kind of the story that it tells in a lot of ways, you know. Um, but starting off with the actual sound of the song itself, um, it had a, an interesting intro and outro with kind of a muffled, you know, little heat wave shimmer in the mirror, you know, this that almost has a little bit of reverb to it. Now, this is also one of the few songs that played with stereo imagery, so it had a little bit of reverb to it and kind of switched from side to side on you, almost like kind of audibly mimicking a heat wave as I saw it so that was really cool to me that it did that because you know I thought it was fun and it kind of ties the whole song together and I like how there's a bookend on either side the intro and the outro um and what is another thing about the sound that I really liked is that the song as a whole, especially in the uh, verses and in the bridge, I love how it's just building up to that last chorus. And when that last chorus hits, it hits really hard. And it almost just seems like a massive explosion of emotion and energy in a way. Um, really liked it. Really like how it kind of makes the whole song an emotional journey and kind of a auditorial roller coaster in a way building up to that final you know kind of drop down it was really cool i like that um the lyrics themselves were interesting i i've seen a lot of different interpretations for this song but my personal interpretation was about someone trying to get over their own selfishness and set someone free out of their rather unhealthy relationships such as signs you know uh, or lines saying um you look you know so comfortable and uh i wonder what you're dreaming of with a face so unsad and everything you know um so that's what i thought of and then the heat waves themselves i kind of ran into it is that the heat waves are an illusion of the relationship itself and that he needs the relationship to you know be happy but there's ultimately nothing there that he really needs just how you know Heat waves can make a desert look like a vast body of water in a way. Um, so you might be chasing after it, thinking that there's something there, but then you just keep going to find that there's nothing there. Um, so that's what I saw it as, and it kind of had a nice little, you know, way 
of you know wanting to let her, um, this individual go, even though that clearly the you know person that is speaking from the point of view from really does care about this individual. They just know that it's not working and that it's not fair to them to keep them in it. Um, so final thoughts: this song is definitely overplayed the fact that it was able to sneak into the number three position and it came out in like the summer of 21 i think definitely overplayed but i really like this song so it snuck in with a 4.5 out of 5 now we are going into the number two position with taylor swift's anti-hero which managed to top the chart for six weeks now this is a song that i liked and it was a massive commercial success because i mean well also written by taylor swift and this is the song that dethroned one of my favorite songs of the year unholy for the number one position um so getting into what is the anti-hero about um it's not about a superhero um so that wasn't even a funny joke. I don't know why I said that. But it is, in fact, about Taylor Swift calling herself the anti-hero in a lot of the stories. Even though, personally, I almost think that, and I would personally argue that her lyrical content makes her less of an anti-hero and more of just a straight-up villain. But, you know, that's just me. Um, but it's an interesting change of pace. Instead of, you know... Many, 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 many of her songs, you know, kind of about her being the hopeless romantic and the villain. She kind of, you know, says, you know what? I really am the problem here. Like, you know, all of these people have thrown themselves at me and they have all failed. Like, just considering the sample size, something should have worked out. And you know what? It was probably me that was causing it to not work out. So, you know... I really actually kind of like that. Um, it was a fun change of pace for her. And it was interesting. Uh, the lyrics as a whole were definitely a mixed bag for me. Um, I liked her one line about her disguising her narcissism as altruistic intent like a congressman. That was a fun line. You know, a nice little dig in on our governing body. Um... You know, there's some fun lines like that, and then she has lines like, sometimes I feel like everyone is such a sexy baby, which, um, I don't really like that line, because the word sexy and baby, uh, they don't go together too well in my mind, but maybe that's just me. Um, so yeah, uh, overall thoughts for this song, actually, it was a 3.5 out of 5, which was interesting for me. Because I actually am a very big fan of Taylor Swift. And I really like this album. Like this is one of my personal favorite albums of hers. But it just didn't really hit the best way for me. Um, in fact this is probably if not my least favorite. One of my two or three least favorite songs off of her whole album. So yeah. It was an interesting one to look at. Now moving into the number one position. Those listening probably already know what it is because the song was always played all year long. It is As It Was by Harry Styles, which stayed on top for 15 weeks. That's a hot minute, as the kids would say. Um, that's like four months straight. That's a lot. Um, what are my thoughts on it? Well, it's a catchy song. Definitely can see why it was listened to so much. 
and a nice overall beat in Rift, and it's easy to casually listen to. And actually, I kind of like his quieter, calmer vocals in it, you know? Um, it was pretty fun, and it seemed, as I interpreted it, to be dealing with feelings of loss and sadness, specifically given the timing of when it came out and when I believe we started working on this album. It's not the same as it was, the main lyric of it. Could even, you know, be um, seen or as interpreted as, you know, him looking back on the pre-pandemic lifestyle, thinking about how things will never uh, go back to that way. Um so yeah and the you know kind of lower vocals and stuff and kind of the you know more drawn out thoughts of it they seem to you know contrast nicely to the upbeat instrumentals you know what overall it was not a bad song but i'm just wasn't the biggest fan of it and honestly not really a big fan of harry style so it was a 3.5 out of 5 for me or wait no yeah, I don't like that score, actually. We'll go 3 out of 5. That seems a little bit more accurate in my thoughts on it. Now, I know what you might be thinking. Well, Robert, it's really easy to just point out songs that you don't like. Or, you know, just look at these. What are some songs that you might actually have liked from this year? Well, I'm glad you asked, because I, I actually compiled a list of them. So... Let's see, what do we have here? Working off of Taylor Swift's album, there was a couple, there was two songs in particular that I really liked off of it. I really like Maroon and Labyrinth. Um, Maroon was kind of a nice song. And once again, talking about, you know, use of sub bass and stuff, I really like how it kind of, you know, starts to really lower itself as the song uh, continues and almost a sense of dread from, you know, prior happiness and optimism and it's kind of a nice song looking at the decline of a relationship and everything you know and i love the uh motif that's kind of you know created uh with you know maroon being you know kind of similar to red which was kind of her breakout album and how she uses the color red is almost a sign of you know problems in life almost like you know there is issues that came with fame it could be interpreted as that's how i saw it but you know i i'm really just shooting from the hip here on my thoughts on it so you know what i could be wrong but that's how i saw it and i really liked that was you know about a relationship just turning sour and everything you know i thought it was good and then labyrinth was i actually think my it is not my favorite song. My favorite song is Maroon off of the album. But I actually think that Labyrinth is the best song off of the album. Really has a lot of fun stereo imaging going on with it. And it brings in all together, you know, kind of like the sub bass that was really explored with the album instrumentally. And also to hits with the synth wave, which we all know I like. And I really, it just all the things that were played within the album it really expanded upon in a way no other song did and i like to know how it kind of went from as the rest of the song is about her kind of you know being the problem and everything i liked how it was a look of her being optimistic for a new relationship that seems to be blossoming and i think it was the best one off of the album so those two were definitely songs i liked this year um Another song, in fact, according to Spotify, this was my most played song during the year of 2021, is She's All I Wanna Be by Tate McRae. 
Now this song, I really actually like the uh, electric guitar intro on it. It like really just kind of gets you going and everything, you know. And it goes really well. It take Tate McRae's a kind of smoother, sauntery vocals in a way, you know. Um, and I like the lyrical content, you know, of a girl who just simply wants to be, you know, what he is currently with. And it can apply to anyone, you know. It could be a guy who goes, man, I just really wish I was more like that because that's what they want. You know, and there's a lot of fun uh, lines in it and stuff, you know. And the chorus just hits so so good with you know how the desperation almost comes through in the vocals and everything and you just really feel the emotion in it i was a big big fan of this song um another song was glimpse of us by joji now this song what it kind of lacks in you know maybe singing and that is kind of you know the whole song it almost sounds like he's about to yawn and it's very melancholy and, oh, you know, I just am actually yawning from doing that. Um, you know, the whole song, like, uh, maybe, uh, you know, the whole song is kind of sung like that. But, man, what it maybe lacks in some departments like that, it really, really gets to you with the actual writing of the song. Like, it just emotionally hits just about anybody who'll listen to it so so hard you know and especially in a culture where the idea of a rebound seems to be prevalent for whatever reason um you know just the thought of you just being with someone trying to forget about someone else is just so so relatable to so many people these days and I think that that's a part of the song that just really makes it be able to stick with everybody, you know. And the dream that uh, even though she might be with someone else, as uh, he puts it and stuff, you know, that she'll start sipping slowly and, f and that they might find each other again, you know, even though he thinks that that's unrealistic and everything. I mean, I just feel like that's something that everybody has thought of sometime in their life. Like, he just hit really well. Really excellent songwriting. And when... Um, is interesting too is that his you know like biggest hit ever uh slow dancing in the dark is that if you kind of listen to them one right after the other they almost seem to be like you know mirror images and that one's from one person's perspective and the other's from the other and it kind of just makes one big story i just really liked it it was an really really well written song um yeah, and I just like the idea, you know, of um, the person uh, spending time with the other, you know, just trying to find a glimpse of what was in the past and stuff, you know, just really great stuff. I was a fan, really well written, like I cannot stay how much, how much I enjoyed the lyrics. Anyways, um, so this is actually a venture or was a venture into a new genre for me this year, which was the country genre. I have been very outspoken and vocal on my disdain for it previously but this actually wasn't half bad starting off we have who is arguably one of the biggest stars in country right now a mr morgan wallen with his song you proof which came out this year um this is almost seems like less of a country song to me and almost more of a country pop fusion um and i'll be honest to uh, say that it's a groundbreaking country song you know and trying to stray away from 
the typical, you know, kind of cliche song about drinking and girls and stuff. That's not true. Um, it really, really, I mean, it's literally you proof. But the song itself, man, it just has such a good flow. And it just, you know, kind of keeps you going the whole time and stuff, you know, and it carries you through it the whole time. Like, you know, some songs you'll just listen to a part and it just feels like it's overstaying its welcome. This song just has a immaculate flow and pace to it really keeps you going i was a fan um and some of the uh lyrics you know like i need something you prove something stronger than i'm used to yeah i've been pulling 90 to 100 feel like nothing's gonna cut it uh, you know it rhymes really well and everything and it's just you know uh fun too like you know that's what he's searching for i mean not not groundbreaking but it's fun um yeah i thought it was good uh, and then we have two songs from a Mr. Zach Bryan. Yeah, he's kind of growing in popularity too, it seems. I'll be honest, a lot of the people who like Zach Bryan, they really like him and really want you to know that. Um, I think his songwriting is good. What I personally like about him um, is that he sounds less like a produced person like Morgan Wallen or something, you know, where you get all of these different instruments you know and it's kind of got this pop fusion and most of his songs it honestly sounds like him just in a recording booth with his guitar um and sometimes there's an extra instrument thrown in that you know is just overlaid into it um examples of this are one of the songs coming up um or like you know his biggest song to date um, something in the orange, which I could have thrown on here. It came out this year too. Really like that one too. Yeah, I'll talk about it later. But you know, it has. Yeah, we'll we'll touch on that later. But for um, a song of his that I like that came out this year was "Burn, Burn, Burn." Now, what kind of actually took me by surprise with this song originally is that it's not very conventional in its setup because it doesn't, you know, have like a usual intro verse chorus or intro chorus verse chorus you know bridge chorus or something you know kind of set up to it but it literally could be argued that the whole song is just one big verse and it's kind of just him singing along with hopes and dreams and wishes of his things that have happened that have made him sad things that he wants things that he likes things that he dislikes and then it, you know, um, ends with, like, you know, there's a couple, the main line of, of it are, you know, let me feel it all, joy, pain, and sky, or uh, let me go down the line, I want to feel it all, and stuff, you know. And then, of course, the namesake of the song is, we all burn, 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 and die, um, which, you know, this might be me just really looking into it, but it's almost an interesting commentary on the human condition look through the eyes of you know kind of a country uh redneck which i personally really like you know um instead of being really artsy and stuff about it he's like you know i get heartbroken about a girl sometimes um i like booze guitars muscle cars and gin which is a song that he line that he really really just leans into the delivery on the song um and it's about you know all of these things coming together and him saying that a part of life is, you know, feeling an all joy, pain, and sky. Like the happy times, the bad times, but, you know, just living it all in this earth and in this natural beauty. And then, you know, the thought of we all burn, 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 and die. It's almost like a candle, you know. It just burns until it goes out. Um, so, in a way, it's actually kind of a depressing song. But it just, I really think it's 
I don't know if this is the intent of it, but it seems to me to be a really good commentary on the human condition, and I actually really liked it. Um, another song of his that I liked was Oklahoma Smoke Show. Um, I'll be honest, this song might not be as well written as the other one I just said, um, and it follows a much more conventional structure, but... Um, you know, especially to anyone who might live in a more rural setting, it is just like a, such a relatable song. Um, and to it just he sings it really good. There's so, some songs like in Burn 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 where he really tries to like put some vocal power into it, and you can just hear his his uh, vocal cords saying, "No, I'm not doing this." Uh, but this song he just really brings into it, and I really like the line, you know, of I've been here, I've been up all night dreaming about a life with you and I. Um, one you'll never know because you're an Oklahoma smoke show, and, you know, a commentary on, you know, about how, like, in small towns, like the one that he uh, isn't in the song and stuff, you know, how everybody always has these big dreams and stuff, you know, but most of them just end up, you know, kind of working there. Anyways, you know, with the line of we're small, vi that small town bar scene where small vices kill your big dreams, you know, and stuff. Um, really, and also, too, I like the story, too, of, you know, this uh, girl who, you know, is, you know, kind of the envy of the uh, community or something, if you will, about how she, she just seems to go from bad guy to bad guy that just catches her attention at the moment and stuff, you know. And about how, like, he's saying that's, that's, like, all you're ever going to have in this small town. But, you know, you, you're never going to leave here because that just is the way this is. It was it's a pretty fun song. I really like this song. I really like singing it out. Might not be as, you know, deep or as well written as some of his other stuff. But I really liked it. Um, a third song of his, the one that I remembered, was Something in the Orange of his. This is, like, his big breakout song from what I've seen. And it came out with it this year. Um, this song is really interesting too, because this is a song about, you know, loss and love and accepting that and, you know, trying to move on and stuff, you know, um, this is a song that really kind of benefits too from there being more than one instrument in it. Cause it's not just him playing on his acoustic guitar, but there's a pretty good, you know, kind of a little electric guitar going in the background too. Really like this one actually. Um, I was a bit, definitely a big fan. Um, yeah, this is actually what kind of made me find him, as I'm sure it did many other people as well. Um, uh, another song, I actually really liked The Weeknd's Gasoline off of Don FM. It was my personal favorite song off of his album. I mean, you want to talk about, you want to talk about stereo imaging. This song plays with it like nothing else. It's easy to sing along to. Um, it's got like some really punchy hi-hats and stuff in it and stuff you know and then it's just got this raw you know sub bass and this big thump of the bass just hitting you down below and everything you know um it, it, i'll be honest the lyrics of it they're pretty pretty brutal um it's about him you know talking how he just doesn't care about anything all he feels is like you know nothing really matters and stuff um, his only escape is, you know, uh, the drugs and stuff that he's only, uh, feels comfortable doing with this one person. Cause he knows that, you know, uh, they won't let him, you know, uh, die or something. Uh, even if he does, he's like, it doesn't matter. You know, just wrap me up in these sheets, pour out some gasoline and just like cremate my body. It's pretty brutal stuff, but the song itself just really, 
really hits good really like this song um all right so these were all songs that came out in 2022 but i also wanted to take a uh, couple seconds to touch on some songs that were maybe not new in 2022 but new to me that i think you know i just want to sing some praises about um and songs that i liked and just feel like uh i want to point out um one of these songs was people watching by conan gray um once again this is a really good song i think and actual songwriting where um old conan you know kind of points out this relationship that he's been observing and stuff and how it's something that he wants for himself it's just really well executed that's all i gotta say on it for the most part um wishful drinking by ingrid andreas and sam hunt or ingrid andres i don't know either way it was a fun song i thought it was fun it goes really well i really like you know when uh songs kind of have both the you know both perspectives on the side of like you know a failed relationship and stuff you know there's lots of uh fun lines and stuff in it that i think work really well like um with every step I'm getting closer to feeling like we ain't really over. I know it ain't right, but baby, just for tonight, I don't want to have no closure and stuff, you know, where it's like um, the individual knows that the relationship is over, but it's like, man, just for just a second, they want to pretend like it's not, or for a second, they want to relive it. Or um, I get hopeful when I'm tipsy, thinking you might actually miss me and stuff, you know. It's, it just, it's almost kind of a sad despairing song but i liked it it was it was good and you know it's kind of once again one of these country pop fusions but it's a fun song with different parts i liked it um this is definitely not a new song but one that i was just really jamming out to this year was teenage dirtbag by weedus i believe is the way it's pronounced um i'll be honest the vocal style on this song definitely isn't for everyone that little you know that kind of goes on with it that singing in that high head voice yeah it's not everyone's cup of tea but what really does it for me is just the rawness in that chorus like you know if you really listen to that guitar rift in it it's just so strong and so powerful and it just hits so so well it just it's almost it's like so guttural and visceral it's really really good in it i i really liked it that song mainly just because of that um let's see oh i feel like i'm drowning by a two feet um this is a pretty older song you know relatively in the mainstream of things but I just thought it was a fun song overall, you know, about someone who knows that they're getting into something bad for themselves, but yet is so enjoyable in the moment that they just can't help themselves. So it's a fun one. Um, oh, here's a song that actually came out this year that I forgot to mention um, was Stick Season by Noah Khan. Really like this song. Once again, the lyrical content is where it's at for this one with uh, a lot of good things, you know, about, you know, as seasons change and stuff you know it's reminding him of her and you know he's just kind of getting through it you know um the chorus of the song in particular is definitely the highlight um i think for a lot of people and you know what probably including for myself um i want to you know say that it's the highlight you know like uh i saw your mom or yeah I love Vermont, but this season of the stakes, which I think, you know, is like a changing season. Then I saw your mom. She forgot that I existed 
it's half my fault, but I just like to play the victim. I'll drink alcohol till my friends come home for Christmas. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. You know, it's like he loves the place that he's at. But as the time goes on, he realizes just all that happened between them and how hard it is for him, you know, to just kind of continue. And how he saw the mother of this individual that he cared for so much and that he still clearly thinks about. Yet the mom just forgot that he even was like a person. It's like, you know, it just really kind of gets to him. And he even says, you know, that the reason that the relationship failed, half of it is his fault. But, you know, he he just he can't accept that. So he's just got to play it up like, you know, he had nothing to do with it. And, you know, just how because he just feels like he has nothing left, he's just going to, you know, drink himself until Christmas comes when everybody else that, you know, he can kind of use to forget about um, her with, uh, you know, goes it comes back and everything, you know, and the. I'll dream each night of some version of you that I might not have, but I did not lose. You know, like, oh my gosh. Just once again, he's replaying it all in his head. And it's just, you know, he, he just, you know, wants them back and stuff, you know. And uh, another line that I really liked in this song is, um, so I thought if I piled something good on all my bad that I could cancel out the darkness I inherited from dad and stuff, you know. Like, he's clearly, you know, struggling uh, with some father issues of his that he feels could have caused the downfall of his relationship. And he's just, you know, was like, well, dang, I thought that if I did all these good deeds, you know, and stuff, it would just work out. But I, I guess it didn't and stuff. I really, really like the song. Honestly, the album as a whole was really good. I was a big fan of it. So, yeah. Some other songs, oh, a Morgan Wallen that I liked were like um, Neon Eyes, probably my favorite song of his. Um, really just fun content in it, you know, um, just describing like, you know, the whole uh, going to a bar and stuff and just trying to forget and everything, you know. It was pretty good. Wasted on you. I'm sure just about everybody's heard that. So, yeah, I won't carry on too more, but... Yeah, so I guess these have been Robert's music thoughts for the year of 2022, including, you know, my thoughts on the most, the top 10 most commercially successful songs, um, songs that were new this year that I really liked, you know, and songs that were just new to me that I really liked. Um, I hope I gave you, you know, something to think about. If you hadn't heard some of these songs yet or anything, you know, I hope that it kind of gave you a reason to go listen to them and i hope that you enjoyed them um i'll try not to wait nine months no 10 months to post another song won't make it or podcast won't make any promises but um yeah if anybody actually listens to this i hope you enjoyed it and that'll be all